Welcome to the Edinburgh City. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. But I was out having dinner last night with a, a former uh, a former full-time footballer. Now he plays for a team who are propping up uh, League One. I don't want to say too much. You might know who I'm referring to uh, <laughs> when I say that. But um, he, he was saying that, that with Edinburgh City, that the players all tweeting stuff like plus three and uh, emojis with, with like the final scores. He says, as soon as a couple of results go against their way, that all stops and the bottle crashes. So I'm hopeful that that's the case. It's all very quiet in midweek after losing to Albion Rovers. It must be blowing his whistle as Brian Leach had locked the ball. Four minutes are gone. Four minutes and five are come and gone. I'll tell you what, he's played. He's played a lot, a lot of stuff this time. There is foot leaving, which I'm very surprised at. The referee's still going. Yes! 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 Well, hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the very unofficial Edinburgh City Supporters Club podcast. As always, I'm your host, the Right Reverend Bobby Love. I am joined, as always, with Mr Rooney, Citizen Neil, my new co-commentator on ECFC TV. How are we doing? Very good, mate. My throat's had a... It's been, you know, I've been taking care of it more, talking less. Uh, team huddles at work are a bit awkward when I don't say much, but, you know, got to look after it for you know, my new career move. So when you're actually doing your things at work, do you end up just like describing the action rather than going through <laughs> what your team are doing? <laughs> to be fair, but descriptive skills are what probably helped me in my job. So, it's, you know, hopefully it's transparent. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my other co host, Mr. Monks, Ali Mancrief, have we recovered from the weekend? Just about, yeah. Just about. Well, everyone else was heading out for weekends of celebration. I was looking after a, a toddler and trying to summon up the courage to watch the to watch the game back. But uh, yeah, just about just about recovered. It was it was as, as good as it as it could have been, to be honest with you. It really was. Yes, it certainly was. Uh, have you managed to watch the game back? Because I haven't. <laughs> I tried on the. Tried on the Saturday. I, could, I was like, no, I'm not enjoying this at all. I have watched it back since on Alban. I've watched our, our highlights to hear you two whittling away. So uh, I, I'm not sure how unofficial our podcast can be when we've got two club shells here uh, in club employment. I don't know if you. <laughs> Actually, I see your club suits off and your club ties off. But it's just that. <laughs> Uh, at least you didn't like give you a normal wave tonight. Uh, I, I just know, know the royal wave, know the royal wave. And saying that, we, we were described, myself and Rooney were described uh, by Ross Pilcher as uh, media lovies after being able to hide in the balcony after all that rain in the first leg. And I says, to be honest, I says, I'll do anything for a free pint of Twix. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, a bold statement to start with. So let's move. <laughs> for a free pint of Twix. She saw what you used to do. You know, just dropping in words and, and chats and all that kind of stuff when we're talking about lectures just to see if I could get a Twix. Worked quite a lot as well. Pajamas was my favourite. Anyway. <laughs> what, what start this is, by the way? You can tell we're all still giddy for the weekend. Eh? Oh, my God. Right, anyway. Obviously, yes, citizens, we can start with uh, the very obvious topic. 
of uh, We Are Going Up. After six years, we've finally managed it. Um, pretty good first leg. Probably the most one of the most nervous and horrible feelings I've ever had on the Friday in the second leg, especially after they went two and up after 20 minutes. Uh, but obviously, a wonder goal for Innes. Some excellent saves for Schwocky for Ballon d'Or. Uh, party after it. Uh, I'll let you take it away, Ali. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think on the the game itself on the Friday night, so the second leg, um, like speaking to folk the next day, and they were like, oh, you must have, you must have loved that one. Amazing. I, I hated every second of it. I didn't even think I enjoyed it. And I've watched, you see me celebrating the um, the goal on, on Albert. And you can tell I'm not actually enjoying it. Like, it's it's relief and, and kind of like an extra burst of of anxiety or nervous tension or whatever it is. It was just, it wasn't, I don't think it goes down as enjoyment, to be, to be honest with you. But I think over the over the four games, over the, the semi-final and the final, it was just, it, it, it was an amazing... They were all good games, all really entertaining, hugely, hugely exciting moments of, of genuine quality. Um, obviously, the final was on was on, on national TV um, on, on BBC Alba, and I think you know we had with a good crowd to the game, so it really did show just how good these playoffs can be, um, how exciting they can be, and, and the moments of quality were just were just incredible. I, I can't remember seeing goals as good as Jim Stanley's free kick. You know, was 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 absolutely unbelievable. Ennis Murray's two goals, the one, you know, the lob, um, the lob for the first goal against Anna, the um, and then obviously the one that, that puts it was just incredible. And then and then Schwaki's saves, three or four of the best saves I've ever seen. And I, I mean that at any level, the three or four of the best saves I've ever seen. So it was just a um, delight for everyone involved in the club. People put a lot of work in to get to, to this stage. Um, I'm on record as saying I thought last year was our best chance you know, we had Dumbarton in the, the final, a poor Dumbarton team that almost scored like 15 goals or whatever, the, you know, throughout the league, the league season. And I worried that we'd, I worried that we'd missed our chance. I really did. Um, so it was great to get revenge on Dumbarton to relegate them. That was, that was absolutely tremendous. Um, and a, a brilliant first leg performance. Absolutely brilliant. A great night. I mean, a really controlled, really professional, really disciplined performance in the, the second leg as well. Um, yeah, and then and then and then Dan, I think so. We can obviously we can chat about bits and bobs of the game, but that was with the players of goals. We can talk more about the, the games, but for me, it was just <laughs> it, it couldn't be any better. It really, really couldn't be any better. Um, and I, I hope that the people that came along and gave Edinburgh City a chance and the lower leagues a chance. I hope they came away seeing just how absolutely brilliant football can be at this level because it doesn't get any. Like that's as good as you'll see in terms of entertainment and, and enjoyment and fun as you will in the any of the leagues in this country. So if you can get more people through the door, more people come along and watch us. That's as good an advert as we could have possibly asked for. I absolutely I know some of my friends who aren't in Scotland that managed to watch the game. Um they really enjoyed the the final over the two legs. It was a really good game for the neutral. Um so I'm trying to tell them that wasn't very good for me standing there. Um <laughs> But yeah, they, they, they thoroughly enjoyed the games. I thought the standard of football, as you say, over the four legs we played was actually pretty decent. Um, second leg through there, maybe not as much, but in Dumbarton that is. But 
it was one of those we just kind of had to keep it tight and keep it disciplined anyway. Um, and we did that, no complaints. Um, I'll have more thoughts later on, but I'll pass it over to Rooney. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Ali, it was really nervy, but the first leg at the Barton, brilliant. Um, when we were at home going 4 1, and then awaiting the Barton was a bit. It was only really, really nervy near the end when we, or sort of in the second half when they went three up front. They went more of a 3-4-3. But even then, you know, the Brian's not really made, Brian's made more saves in the second leg against Annan in the second half than he has in the two games against Dumbarton. So, um, we did really well against at home with Dumbarton. If it hadn't rained, then we might have been more up, which would have been good. But, uh, yeah. I, I tend to, if football's tense and nervous, I tend to watch it with my headphones in, so I don't have to listen to people speaking about me, but obviously at the weekend I couldn't do that. I had to sit and speak, so um, the commentary was very interesting in the second half. We changed plot as well, Bob went away, so he wasn't getting nervous putting me and Dave off in the second half. He went stood behind the goals, as you can see him celebrating uh, when, the, when the goal goes in as well, so... Yeah, very, very, very nervy. I think I think it was more, although it was, it was a great achievement, even after the full-time on Friday night, it was like a sigh of relief. But knowing that we had, like, Brian's had these, and I'm sure I say this in commentary, he's had these on uh, Ballon d'Or highlight reel in the second half with some of the saves he makes is incredible. But, you know, everybody else would put herself into that position to be able to do that. They were at home, they were obviously going to come and have a goal. They've stuck the big... The ball along to the boy Goss, like 99 times out of 100, they've done that. God, even the goalie at the end is almost onto that header in the second half. So, yeah, it was a bit brilliant, though, absolutely brilliant. You said that, and we've probably been on record on this. As Ali says, we've missed, probably missed our chance last year. But after all the leagues we've been in, all the seasons we've been in the league, and we've been in the playoffs, this will be the season everybody goes. No, this year, but we'll probably go up this year because nobody would have expected us. And I don't mean that in a bad way, just with form and everything like that, you know. Under James for a couple of years, we were in great form or second, or like, come on, and we just seem to run out of steam. It seemed to be flipped the other way, you know, and when maybe they come in, we just seem to find a switch and then got gradually got two or three other guys back and then it just went bang, there we go. So, yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, uh if anybody for the club wants to sign back, they're more than welcome to take it back after tonight once we finish the one. <laughs> Aye, for those that haven't seen it, uh, for when Renew finally puts this one on YouTube, um, <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll see it, you'll actually see it on the Supporters Club Twitter account that the, the Science League one sign was um, acquired by our, our, young, our young team. Oh, hold on. It was borrowed by the young team. Acquired? Same thing. Well, you know, the chairman, the semantics. It's going chairman, back. The chairman gave us a lend for the trip up the road. Aye, we acquired it for the for the bus trip back. Everybody pretty much got a picture with it. It's now sitting in Rooney's living room, and the picture of that sitting in Rooney's living room is on the supporters' club account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we even got Ryland tweeting that we cinched it, and the whole lot like we've made it. We've made it, boys. Big celebs. Um, but no, you were saying that about like. Maybe last year that was it gone. Obviously, we started the beginning of the season. We thought we'd have a real battle at the hands, probably at the wrong end of the table, let's be honest. Um, that maybe got some of the kick some of them into gear because the fans were less than happy, it must be said. Um less than happy how things were progressing. 
but we said it later on after maybe kind of climbing up the table a little bit and then scraping about with, oh, sorry, scrapping with Stenhouse Muir for, well, you take it, no, you take it, no, please, you can take it. <laughs> um, that the, the season that would be absolutely poor, <laughs> poor for a lot of it, compared to maybe the last two or three seasons, was a season that would go up and we kind of have. Um, so I don't know if that's a good thing, if that's a bad thing. I suppose time will tell. But when you were talking about us, like the bar on the goal, you can see it and the Elba thing. You can see me at, at the end just kind of celebrating. But the one, because like, at the goal, we kind of barreled into each other, Ali. Okay. And Chris Morris, it was like the three of us just ran into each other. <laughs> and then we sprinted <laughs> to the, to the way, young team, get the way, everybody out the way. Um, to get to the celebration for for Anissi's goal, oh, just it was it was like you say it was just it was relief. It wasn't a celebration. It was relief. I mean, the things that me and Rooney have, have commented together during the first half and the second half. Normally we just hang about, and I was like, "Look, we playing absolutely pish. I'm going to have to move here mainly so I can start shouting and swearing." Um, and I'm not wanting that picked up on the mic. And I'm assuming our owner thought the same thing because Tom moved around with the fans as well. Um, and on that note. When, um, <laughs> when I was like at the goal saying like don't like let's try and not run on the pitch just now guys let's try and not run the pitch and then two seconds later you can see I think you can actually see it on the television as well eh? there's Tom like right everybody on everybody on let's go, let's go, let's go on. come on so <laughs> it was it, that that bit was fun the relief at the end I mean there's a, I think there's a picture Tommy Lee's got a picture of me and I'm just kind of standing at the barrier like. What's happening here? You know, just that kind of contemplation, like, bloody hell, man, we've done it. You know, we've finally done it. Six years in here, a couple of difficult seasons, two or three in particular, like, really decent seasons with James, one that was short yeah. of COVID. We probably were going to go up in the playoffs. I don't think there was much question about that. We were probably the best team at the four for that year. We got screwed over by the points per game. Um, obviously, that run under Gary Naismith, which was actually a pretty good run, regardless yeah. of how it ended with him as a manager. Um one half killed us, and then we managed to come out and and do it again. We did that pretty much. That we did the reverse to Dumbarton in that first leg. Yeah, they had like a pretty poor. Well, they're pretty poor for the whole game, but they had a really poor half, and that kind of finished them off pretty early, much like it did for us the year before. But yep, got to be delighted with that. Um, I think for all of us, it's still it's still kind of sinking in, really. Yeah. Just. <laughs> We're going to be a League One team. This will be Toti team for East End Edinburgh. Going back to Meadowbank, hopefully. Because bugger if I want to go down to Ainsley Park for another season. I'll be quite entertaining going down for League One because it'll be great. Um, <laughs> take, that, take that since League One thing, but I'm just stick it in the middle of the fucking centre circle, assholes. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll have to have a wee rant about them at some point, eh? Uh, so, I, so I, we're going up. Um, we're not going to give too much analysis of the games. You've all seen them. You've all seen the highlights. Uh, so, we'll go on to the next big news. Thankfully, the club managed to tweet it out today, before the pod, rather than doing what they did with Gary Naismith and sack him the day after we'd recorded. Um, <laughs> uh, Alan Mabry has very obviously been given the reins full-time to your deal. Uh, I'm going to expect his assistant to be announced shortly as well. I'm not quite sure how it'll work for Jamie McDonald if he's going to stay on. I'm assuming Liam Burns will be staying on. Um, so, 
Well, pretty much a no-brainer, I think. I think we all kind of saw the difference in the team when he came in. Yep. Uh, Rooney? Yep. Nothing much more to add. Totally agree. Good to get him in. Good to get him in a two-year deal and, and give him time now to get some players in so, and hopefully he can get his staff in ASAP. Ali? Yeah, I think um, I think there's probably two parts to it for, for me. Um, with maybe the, the fact that I moaned a fair bit that that I didn't think Naismith did enough on the as a coach, you know. He, he, in fact, and he, he he said that quite openly, which is fine if you do the other parts well, which is like the motivating and and the, the recruitment and 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 he was poor at all of he was poor at all of those things. So maybe he's come in and he's a pro level, you know, he's got his UEFA pro license, and um, the same as what James had. I, I think. Yeah, he's got it as well. Hmm? Naismith does have it. Does Naismith have his pro license? He does. Well, that was a waste of money, taking money from him because he obviously didn't use it. Because he said quite openly that it wasn't a, it wasn't a coach. But maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's down as a, as a coach. That's how he described himself, um, and that was his, his his brief background. But I think he could come in and straight away you could see that he looked at the, the team and very quickly settled in that back three as the the best option for a bit of solidity. Um, I think it helped us in the two playoff ties because both those teams put a lot of balls into the box, like a lot of balls into the box. And in the main, we stood up incredibly well against it. Not so much in the final against Anne in the second leg. That was a bit more, a bit more under the cost. But I think other than that, I thought we did really, really well. Um, I have seven to three centre-halves on the park. He put the two, he got more out of Callum Crane, playing left wing back, Harry Wogan at right wing back. That worked really well. We actually had some threat from the wide areas for the first time in a, in a long, long time. Big thing for me though was, was there was two up front, you know, Shanley and see where the guy John John Robertson you couldn't even get in the team. And you know, we all know how good Robbo is. But both Shanley and C looked like different players. I a huge easy fan, as everybody knows. I didn't think Shanley had it in him. I really didn't. Um and I know there's fitness issues and all that kind of stuff. So there's it's not all just just maybe it's coaching. But I think he set the team up the best way possible. He maximized set the team up to maximize the players that he had, which is absolutely key. And he obviously got the players in a right good, a right good mindset. Like he really, he did. They were positive. They were, you know, they, 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 even when things went against them, you know, when Dumbarton got back into the game, they were like, this could, this could get a bit nervy. And it did, but it held fun. When Aaron were 2-0 up, um, that could have been, we could have been a real, real bother then. But actually when, it wasn't a huge period, but that period in the second half, after Maybury's team talk, when we came out, we looked a different team and it was enough. That 10 or 15 minute period was enough to get us over the line in the League One. That was superb management to do to, to, to do that, to be honest with you. So he deserves a huge, huge amount of credit for, for what he's done. Um, and without deserves his chance. I don't know whether the club had him down as, as good. I don't know what the club's thoughts were, whether he was going to be he was always in line to be full-time or not. We all know that he applied for the job. He wasn't someone that the club went looking for. And he went through the application process. So um, it's been a long route for him to get to get here. It's his first managerial job. Um, we might just have a we might just have a gem on our on our hands. Obviously, as we know from last summer, recruitment has to be right. Um, absolutely key, probably even more important, you know, this. This time we need people with, with experience of, of, of League One football, and I would suggest so. 
I don't know how involved he'll be with the recruitment side. I don't know how that'll work. I don't know what his contacts are like, you know, um, but we should be able to attract a slightly different level of player now that we're in League One. Um, you know, the board can budget in how many Falkirk fans, how many Dunfermline fans come in to come in to, to, to play us. They, they might give the budget a bit of a, a boost as, as well. But from what maybe he's done, he's picked the team up and has got us over the line. Um, it was, it's been a remarkable job. And I, I like the way he conducts himself as well. I like listening to what he's got to say. It was not the case with the previous man who said that that loads of times, but he's a positive guy, he's an energetic guy, he talks with clarity, talks with purpose, and that must be how he speaks to the players as well, um, and it seems to show in the park. So, yeah, delighted that it's a done it's a done deal, um, and just hope this is the first step for him in a really good, really good manager career, because it's been a, it's been a great start so far. I totally agree with that. I think... Like you said, you saw the post-match interview with, with Ennis and, and Brian Schwocky that Ennis was like, he took us in a half time and just went through us. <laughs> that was it. He says, uh, it must have been one of these ones, like you go 45 minutes and get your fingers at your ass and get promoted like you deserve to do. Um, but as you say about the change and how it is when he came in, like the change of shape was a big one. I mean, very obvious, if you've watched it, Cammy Logan plays better further up the pitch. And he, and he immediately went from a back four to a back three and I think that's possibly was to accommodate Cammy Logan. Because um, Callum Crane does play well on a flat back four. The two centre halves, whether it be Travan Rab, Travan Hamilton, Rab and Hamilton, whoever would have been fine and dandy anyway. Um, but like as Zuni will tell you, we grew up with a three at the back watching City really under Gary Jardin. Three at the back for us is quite a, a settled, I think it's a settled formation. I know some of your tactical gurus on Twitter and that aren't necessarily keen on a three at the back, but for our level, I think it's perfectly fine. And it's quite a malleable formation, you know. You're playing like a 3-4-1-2, which can turn into like a 3-5-2, or 4-4-2, 4-5-1, whatever you want to do. Eh? Um, so it's a kind of malleable one anyway. But I said, you see, I think how he conducts himself is a massive one because the fans never really took to the last manager. Um, we certainly have with Maybury. It's one of those... I mean, even that 12-minute interview that you had with Callum after the game on Friday... It was really interesting, just his insight and what he wanted to do and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I sent it to my dad and he was like, that's an excellent interview. It's coming across really well there, eh? All my friends that have watched it, they're like, really, really good. Comes across really well. I can see why you've all kind of taken to him. And I think it's quite easy. He just comes across, he like, all the interviews, well, obviously, were winning, which kind of helped. But there was a there was like a, there was a genuine warmth when he was doing his interviews. He wasn't cutting across Callum. He wasn't doing things that, not the fans but was it just that as well is he took you through each of the decisions for how we set up a team right we're playing this way because we asked the team to do this because and so on and so forth and I think when you're doing one of these post-match interviews it's actually good to hear what the manager's thinking for when we're all sitting at the sidelines or gaining abuse um, or questioning some of their decisions at least you know when maybe he's doing that this is why he's done it and all that kind of stuff I mean, there was some boy on Twitter on the go that me and Ash about the formation against, I think it was Kelty or something like that. I'm like, you've clearly never watched the interview or watched us for the season. Very simply, you know. He's very clearly said, this is why he's done it and this is why, go and watch the interview. I bet she done this, she should done that. Just watch the interview. Right? If you still disagree with it after that, then that's fine. But if you're going to disagree with it after watching the game and listening to him, then frankly, you get nothing about tactics. 
Not that we're any tactical gurus, but it's pretty easy. It can be pretty easy to pick out what he's trying to do when you're looking back at the game. So I think we, we could have obviously said that in his interview, it was six games to come in. I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it. Either way, six games. And if I didn't like it, I was away. If it worked too well, we got a job. Same for Mark Kerr. Mark Kerr was like, he was thinking about jacking football and all together. He just had enough. Maybe he's got the phone and says, fancy coming in. It's only six games. It was a that's great. I I don't know what it's like for having Jamie McDonald in, but I think I mean Jamie was a pretty good goalkeeper, let's be honest. Steady enough at a high level. If that translates into goalkeeping as well, then that maybe be a good one as well. I think Liam Burns is a pretty good coach by all accounts too. Could be a very good setup. Um I think as you said though, recruitment's gonna be key. I don't know if it maybe be Mark Kerr's contacts that they use. Maybe yeah. No, I'd imagine the, the, the if it comes turns in, and I know Liam's been at Musselburgh and they all have contacts and stuff as well, but if it comes into having Alan, Jamie and Mark there, the three of them will have enough contacts about Aye. Scotland and they'll probably have a few contacts down south. Not that you'd imagine you'd attract guys, but you know, you'll see maybe his interview and he talks about being at Leeds and how he was taught at Leeds and that's all it was and it was... I'm going to beat you everything. <laughs> so, I'd imagine between the three of them, they'll have enough contacts all over the shop that Aye. cover a lot of bases. Aye. And I, there was something I was going to say, I just totally forgot. Something about recruitment. I can't remember. <laughs> I think, again, we've shown for maybe the fifth or, or fourth or fifth time or whatever, that we've shown that we're actually a really good place for loan players as well. For good loan players, not just 17-year-olds that are trying to just toughen up a little bit. Yeah. But guys who we think can play in their first team. So Cammy Logan, I think, is held in relatively high regard at Hearts. He's yeah. got a bit of work to do, but in fairness to him, you can see why there's little moments actually that you can see actually this maybe there is. They're obviously Swaki, you know, we, we all we all know that we've had Porteous at us, you know, um these types of things I think do help the club as well and, and make it only be strengthened now we're in League One if clubs are looking to give some of their better Clubs, Hearts and Hibs mainly, maybe a bit of but like if clubs are looking to give that that uh, the players that do rate a bit of a a bit of a test, then I think we're a pretty attractive option for both players and the, the loaning club. So yeah. we'd all rather have permanent players, but it's it's like we've some of the best players we've seen in the last six seven years have been on loan. So uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I, I think that's a part of. The nature of the lower league football, you know, yeah. not you're going to have your permanent guys, but you're going to have loan guys come in. You know, that's the part of it. So, yeah. I think I think as you were saying there about being an attractive option, we've obviously got the bonus of being in Edinburgh. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I, I know we know speaking to some of the players on that part. Of the reason for signing for City is because it's in Edinburgh and you don't have to travel, and that's even like guys who are no travel to Fife. It's in Edinburgh. Or, or West Lothian or wherever. You know what I mean? It's easy enough for them to get to Meadowbank's even easier because it's pretty much to stop, even if you're having to go to the bypass or something, you're not that far away really. It's an easy place to get to if you're having to drive through town. There's a load of bonuses. Well, I'll say that about Meadowbank, but this is probably one that we've never actually said. <laughs> for players getting to, if they're going to be training at Meadowbank, it's a lot easier for a lot of guys. Especially if you're coming for like East Lothian, Borders, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, we are, we are an attractive destination. Um, 
the budget's going to probably have to be a wee bit significantly higher because there's going to be some huge teams in that league next year. You know, you've got Dunfermline, you've got Queen of the South, you've got Falkirk, you've got Airdrie, big spending Kelty, Peterhead and the Shy chucking out some cash. You know what I mean? Th- these are some pretty... I mean, what? The be what? Falkirk, Dunfermline, probably full-time. Queen of the South will be two full-time. And Airdrie are the hybrid. And Airdrie are hybrid. Kelty are probably end up being hybrid. They're not far off, I think. But they're probably, well, by all accounts, they're paying full-time wages anyway, so... Well, with the rumours or two. Um, so you're not so, far off half the league being near uh, full-time, really, and it's like... Aye. You know, Peterhead do throw out some cash they have done in the past. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with... Who's that? Montrose? See, the thing is with Montrose is that they're quite a... They're obviously on the up and quite attractive to play for just now. The only problem is where it is, I guess. But... They're going to be battling out with Cove, maybe for players next season. Yeah. Um, who else have we got? And Clyde. Who knows what's going to happen with Clyde? Homeless Clyde. Yeah. Who are away to Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to see Oh, well. Um, which really doesn't enthuse me. Cause easier, easier to get to. It is easier to get to, but I wasn't exactly particularly impressed when we dug us part when we went there for the Scottish Cup. No. no. It, was, it, was a, it, was, it was utterly... Oh, I was just dire. The way day itself was all right. Just do those. It was, it, was <laughs> it was quite a fun way day. Like everybody at Hamilton was quite welcoming. The local boozers now yeah. were quite friendly and all that. It looked actually wherever round about where the ground is actually looked like a decent uh, part of town. But oh, it's yeah. the race course. Oh, no, no one saw that. I don't think. Uh, if you drive in, you come. You drive in, you get to the race course, and you think, all right, all right, there we go then. Eh? Maybe for next year we can double it up. We do it to Clyde a day at the races. See how that goes. <laughs> a weekend in Hamilton. <laughs> Sounds like the beginning of a really bad B movie, that eh? <laughs> so, <laughs> so swiftly moving on. Anyway, as we've decided to start talking about it next season, which I've got next to a wee list. I've also got hopes, fears, anything else. Ali, you want to start with that? Yeah, I mean, I think the. There's no doubt next season will be a challenge. Let's, you know, let's not be in the, the bush. We are going into a, a challenging league. It is going to be a significant step up. Um, looking at it, Clyde and Peterhead are probably the two teams that will be aiming to finish off. And eighth will be, our, will be our aim if we finish eighth. It's been a hugely successful season. Um, but I think you can even worry about will we be able to cope and things like that. But you know what? Just embrace the fact that you know, it wasn't that long ago there was five tiers between us and Dunfermline, you know, and now we're playing the same league as them. When we were getting promoted into the leagues, into the seniors or into the into the national leagues, um Falkirk were, were beating Hibs in the, the playoff to go up into the in, into the premiership, you know, that kind of thing. It's absolutely amazing to see where we are. That we've gone past teams like East Fife and Dumbarton, you know, teams have been really successful part-time clubs um in this in, in the last few years, both been in, in you know really good, really good. This is about you know Dumbarton, the best part team time team in the country for maybe five or six, five or six years. So there's so much to look forward to. There's some great ladies, Dunfermline, be a good one. Montrose should be a really good one. I'll leave the Hamilton weekend doubler to the to you to be honest. I can probably probably skip that if I'm being, if I'm being honest. Um, but it's just. There's a lot of unknowns because 
the squad will have to be. I think the squad we were challenged before we, we came on about who's still contracted and things like that. And I, I think there'll have to be a pretty significant investment in the squad. And I think looking at players who have got experience of, of League One, because there will be some really difficult, difficult times. If you remember when we went up into, into League Two, you know, that those first few months we looked like we were in we were in serious bother. We came up with a team of Lowland League players, good players and things like that, but we just we just didn't have the nous to to play these types of games. Um, and it's only when we got guys like Mark Laird and you know experienced good good pros that were able to that were able to see us out and, and get us results. Um, so we might need to do something like that, like that again. I think ironically that it would have been perfect for James McDonough. And I've just talked a lot about Maybury and how well Maybury's done. This would have been this set up for McDonough kind of come in and, and be hard to beat and be well organised and catch teams on the, on the break. So I don't know whether that's Maybury's natural style or not, to be honest with you. I'd be interested to see how, how he approaches games. Um, but there's, we've got plenty of players that should back themselves to be able to to contribute in, in League One. Radmat should be able to play in League One and be one of the best players in, in League One. If Callum Crane signs on again, he should be able to do it. Michael Travis can definitely do it because he has done it as long as he stays kind of injury, injury free. I think Uzi can do it as well, as everybody, as everybody knows. If we can bring Shanley back in, um, hopefully, hopefully he sees a, a bit of a home for himself here, gives a good season in League One and to, to kick on. But yeah, if you gave me eighth now and a couple of decent away days, yeah, I would, I would take that, to be, to be quite honest with you. Um, and people will be, I've heard people say already, you know, you guys are going to struggle next year, you guys are going to struggle. Yeah, maybe we will, but there's loads to look forward to as well. Absolutely loads. Hi, Vinny. Hi. It comes down to recruitment. It comes down to how well you recruit and how well you recruit against everybody else. Um, you know, Dr. Emma will probably throw Buckets at it to try and get back out. Um, Falkirk have managed to get a manager that, you know, took a near enough. The Race Rovers manager, eh? McGlynn was pretty close with him at the top of the championship. So, um, I, I think it just, as Alan says, you know, it'll be, all be tough, but I think it's, I don't think it'll be as tough as the jump from the Lowland League into the league. I think the jump will still be there. I think that if that squad was to go out and play the starting eleven that started during the week on Friday was to go and play teams, I'm, I'm, I think it would be okay. I'm not saying they would win them all, but over the course of a season, you know, you need investment. You can. You've got guys like Kieran Bryan who have played at higher. Um, if you sign guys like him on, like we keep saying, he's played. He plays. He's probably played everywhere else apart from playing right back, apart from Friday night. Again, you want to keep guys like that. Um, need a good goalie. Whether it's going to be whether they can get the big and ball out and try and get Brian back again for another year, or or whether they get McDonald into coaching. It turns out McDonald's going to have to play in the stick. So you know, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Any jammers, a good goalie. So, but you need proper investment. You need to add quality to what we've got, and you need to sign guys that are going to push. Your permanent guys that are your guys that are staying, your Uzi's, your Rabs, Danny's, you know, Michael Travis has done exceptionally well to stay, you know, he stayed fit, he's played at that level. You need to get guys in that are going to push these guys. And like you're saying about having Edinburgh, we said at the Jai years ago, 
stay in the league for a couple of years, it becomes an attractive, really, really attractive place because all these guys that are from Edinburgh that play in the lower leagues and never had a team to go to. I'm not saying they would all automatically just go because it's in Edinburgh. It's a big pool for guys. Eh? So hopefully we can maybe find more of three or four of the home-based guys that are maybe Edinburgh-ish, maybe slightly above that part-time teams that want to, um, want to come and play and, and add quality to the team more than anything. Hi. Um, for, for both the points, I think I'm very much like you, Ali. I'll take it in a couple of ways. days. Um, <laughs> I just, as long as we just go up there and give a good fist to it, you know what I mean? Just let's not go up there and embarrass ourselves. Um, I don't think we will, but I think everybody's expecting us to. Um, much like when we came into the Lone League, like when, when we first went into League Two, we weren't like embarrassing ourselves or anything like that. There was only like narrow losses, and it was just that fact that we weren't quite cute enough compared to the guys who'd been in the league. And we always had this mental lapse right near the end of a game and losing a goal, like seconds to go and things like that so yeah. and then obviously once Lebedee came in and, and other guys like that just had a wee bit more experience because it was only really Joe that had played league football before that ah. um, that he kind of came in like this is kind of what you're going to have to do boys and that's when we started going up the table so what we made, obviously we're not, hopefully not going to do that again but we need to have that kind of experience around us for the guys that haven't played at that level to make sure we don't have do did that first season really? Yeah, um, I think I think with anything as critical as goalkeeper is probably the most critical position we're going to have. We're, we're lo- if unless we can, I mean, we joked on the sports club Twitter that we started the GoFundMe to get your transfer fee for Livingston. Um, I, I don't think that our supporters club have got enough uh, zeros in their bank balances to to get the laddie full time, but oh. um, <laughs> even collectively. <laughs> Because, if, 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 well, let's, let's face it, if he carries on on the, on the how he was against us, I mean, he's got things he needs to improve on. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, still a young goalkeeper. There's wee bits and bobs he needs to improve on. But, I mean, if he carries on in that vein, he'll be making a living a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, I said that to the guy that writes for the West Loading Courier. He was like, oh, look at these saves. Looks like a top prospect for Livingston. And I just tweeted him and I went, give you a very quick scouting report. He's absolutely sensational. <laughs> that was it. Full stop. <laughs> um, but no, like, if you can get him back, I mean, he's obviously he's been great this season. We've had a pretty settled goalkeeper, although he's away to Berwick this season now for two years until probably be able to cope if he decided to maybe go for him trying to get him back. Again, it'll just depend how many people want to stay part-time, how many, some guys who maybe full-time want to drop part-time. There is guys that are going to be like that. I mean, there's a nice money out of contract at Hibs now. Could we maybe get him back? I mean, in this, I think it'd be absolutely grand in League One, to be fair. Oh, I doubt, yeah. I really have, does he want to stay full-time? Can we get him? Maybe are the club going to announce they're going to go hybrid so we can keep these guys? You know, that maybe make a big difference because obviously, like Tom and, and Jim have said that enough in, in various statements that hybrid's really were goal. Maybe the season's maybe a bit too early, but you never know. Maybe, maybe they've got some money for somewhere to do that. But yeah. Aye, I mean, the, the, the hope is that we stay in the division. If we can get mid-table, that'd be great. Any hires, just dreamland. Um, we'll make a good fist there. We'll see how we go. We'll be absolutely favourites with the bookies to go down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like sticking it to the bookies. I'm sure all the players are going to love sticking it to the bookies as well. Um, I think what, what, what might be the downfall of some other teams in League One is what some other teams in League Two tended to think, is that here's this wee diddy club turning up 
we would just roll over them. And I think a lot of fans thought that first. Established clubs. That's just this wee duddy team. I mean, third team in Edinburgh, blah, blah, small support, etc., etc. And quite a lot of them got their asses handed to them quickly. Uh, and even after they did, they still were like, this is a side did the club and they got it done again. So, I, I, I was going to say, sorry to butt in, but I've watched the interview of the boy for Bonnie the Groves when they were in the playoff, the captain that was in the plane. Uh-huh. And he hit the nail on the head. He's like, Edinburgh City are always the first to do it. Cove have done it. They're slightly different. Kelty's done it. They've come in now. There's other teams in that Lowland League who, of that arc, that are coming that have big fan, have got bigger fan bases than us, you know. And a lot of the teams in the second tier, and or League Two in Scotland, and probably a couple in League One, will need to be wary because through time this will level out. Um, obviously, it'll take a long time. It's only one up, one down. But when you've got teams in there that have got a bigger fan base and bigger finances than, than some of these teams that are already in the league. You know, like say Hawk and Leg and that are in the pyramid now. You know, I mean, you see the crowds that they get, it's frightening. So it's only a matter of time, you know, when you some of these established teams that have been in there for a long time and they'll start to slip out. I mean, you look at Count Beef, we never thought Count Beef would go down this year. That's probably the best Count Beef team we've seen. Apart from when they had Levy Asher and Golds, right enough. But, um, you know, that is probably the best Count Beef team we've seen and they've went. So, yeah, I think there's a there's a, a mentality for a lot of the establishment that guys are just going to come in and roll over and get the belly tickled and then that's it. Aye, aye, and like we've we kind of shown it, everybody's shown it. Like obviously, Coven Kelty are slightly different with their big budgets, but we came in and managed to beat teams. I mean, I think the the year we came up, beat our both three times was it, and they went up. So, you know, you know <laughs> that was, what I mean? That's Dick Campbell's interview that day. It was like, we came what they do. Again, <laughs> they mix it up in the middle. They get the ball wide, they get it in the box. And we just couldn't cope with it. But we uh, know what to do. <laughs> like, to be fair, Dick Campbell's always been very complimentary. Oh, he was like one of these ones that's like, oh, this is us. We did the club. He was always quite complimentary. And he was a bit Gary Jarvin as well. Um, I, I, well, I'll come to the pyramid later on. So I've got a big, long whinge. Um but aye, so that's that's kind of next season. Um, hope for the best. It's probably a bit too early, maybe. Really, as we say, we need to see how the recruitment goes, how maybe he gets his staff in and all that kind of stuff as well and see how we go. But yes, on to the next topic, pretty much we're not going to cover many games because it's the end of the season and we're too busy celebrating. Right, so I've got next in my notes here, Bob and Rooney's commentary sessions. You want to start that, Rooney? Bob and Rooney's, what was that? Sorry. Commentary sessions. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed uh, my days of co-hosting and my day of trying to talk everybody through it and not swear at Dumbarton, which I believe I was successful at doing uh, after Ian told us, well, we said we didn't have the bleeper in place, so please do not swear. He managed to keep that in the highlights, which was nice as well. Um we got a few dirty looks from the old uh, some people in ties in the Dumbarton section oh, when we oh, mentioned oh, about the old dark arts. Oh, if I, just if I could slightly reject, we, we mentioned about the dark arts, and I wanted to say about Ross Allen shit housing, but obviously I can't say shit housing on the feed. But when I was talking, when he said dark arts, and I said about oh Ross Allen was kind of the best at these kind of things, I thought Ryan McGeever for Dumbarton was going to hop over that like very vague, vague kind of partition and knock yeah. me out. <laughs> He a filthy look he gave us, and we're like, uh, right, like, guys. 
Anyway, Aye. sorry, carry on. So it was great, a really good, uh, it's a very weird uh, dream come true to be able to say I've been able to commentate in a game of football. But um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it and hope that long may it continue for our job share if possible. Absolutely, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, I think the fact that we that we do it with both Graham and Dave, and we did it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did. It worked out quite well, even us two and a half. Do you know, it's even obviously we sat there on our own on, on the Dumbarton game, and then you sit and watch the highlights, and you've got to talk. Obviously, if it's highlights and they're still getting edited for ninety minutes, don't you say fifteen or twenty? You have to talk the entire game because you don't know what's going to get put on, and you're not doing that after the fact. So. It's a long time talking for the likes of Graham and Dave if they're doing it on their own to make yeah. sure they're getting everything going. So I think actually having us as a as a different voice, if Callum's listening, we do want to do it again next year, big man. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Give us, give, give us a, a, job a, a wee job share. Just just give us a wee phone later on in the week. Um, I'm Chairman Brown listens as well. You know who to ask. Um, <laughs> But I think is it but on a serious note, it, it was it was good to do. It gives a wee bit of difference. They're, they're generally describing the game. We'll kind of give a wee bit of analysis where we can. I think it was nice having a wee bit different voices. The feedback so far has been pretty positive. Uh, nobody's telling us where to go or that we're talking shite. And I believe the I think the streams apparently get used for the players' analysis, so they get to hear us talking as well. So they've no what to punch or likes it. No, no. So, Especially that's... after Friday night when you were like, "Well done." They were all like, "Oh, good to see you." Yeah, I well done. I. I was like, "Good." Don't just turn around and swing it, man. So I've done something right. Yeah, that's good. Aye, aye. <laughs> uh, so, so I would love to do it again. It was, it was really good. Obviously, we've got bigger teams in League One. Um, that may be a bit more frustrating commentary. <laughs> 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 I don't know where we're going to get placed at Meadowbank if there is going to be like a wee camera booth, maybe on top of the the, the that we that we stand with five hundred folk just stick us on the top of that. Well, maybe there's like a wee, maybe there's like a wee cutout in the hospitality bit at the top. You just put a camera through it, and we can talk with a microphone or something. <laughs> Uh, or maybe they just give us like a wee seat at the side of the pitch. You never know, why exactly. Yeah. Like, like the two boys in Mean Machine. Yeah, I know, why <laughs> um, So, I so if you have listened to the, if you weren't quite sure, listeners, who those other voices were, that was me, Rooney. Uh, uh, and hopefully we can carry, carry that on. Um, right, next, I have Mr. Monks Moans, but apparently he doesn't want to moan. No, at all. I'm not even going to. Nothing, nothing to moan about um, in the last few weeks. We've been my wildest, and I'm not actually barely paid attention to any other, any other football. To be honest with you, um, everything else seems to build into it. You barely tell you the score and anything else. It's just been watching the, the highlights back and, and things. It's just been amazing. I think only thing I'll say is how nice it was to put on my Edinburgh City scarf, walk out of my house. Take a fifteen-minute walk towards Meadowbank. Not quite get all the way there, but to stop in at the Hoppy for a couple of pints before getting on the, the bus. I'm looking forward to to redoing that season and just walking that extra few yards onto the onto the stadium. It just the same to tell us how much easier it is to get to whether you live around where we all do. We're all relatively close where we are. Just how much easier it is to get to to that part of the world than the Ainsley Park, so it was just, yeah, that was a nice little precursor for what all we are, hopefully we're a regular occurrence next season. Yeah, so hopefully a few extra yards to the Belfield Brewery there. That's true, yeah. Hopefully maybe we get them to listen and give us a sponsorship, great carry on. Anyway, sorry. Right. Uh, any Rooney's rants? You all right? No, I have nothing to rant about. Just a quick <laughs> thank you to uh, Queensbury Bowling Club for hosting some of the citizens when they have went out for a, a light refreshment 
before the games. I was there bowling during the week, uh, and the boys said that they were more than welcome. So um, thank you to them, and Mr Pollard, Robert's friend, for hosting. And uh, I, I did say, hopefully we don't see you soon, but you never know, we might get an away game down there. So we'd pop down for a beer. So. Man, don't they say things like that? Well, it gives us an excuse to go to the berry. Aye, but as much as the berries are quite welcome and that, I don't even really want to go there. You know what I mean? So that means we've been at Ainsley Park. Yeah. Unless it's for like, like I don't know, Ken, 20s games or something. I think the 20s have got some games left. Eh? Yeah. Anyway, right. So, Bobby's bonus. <laughs> I wasn't going to go the entire pub with on a whinge about something, but I've got two things. I can't believe one. you're having a whinge. Well, Wait. to be honest, to be honest, they kind of deserve it. And the first one is this absolute shambles in the Lowland League. Now, we'll be, it's been talking about the pyramid and how well it's been sort of working. Obviously, it's not great in terms of how many teams get up, go down, whatever else, right? What we're seeing this year is we've seen all three teams that got promoted, uh, three teams got promoted, have all been promoted again. So, Coven in the Championship, Kelly and ourselves in the League One, right? Bonavig's finally put Cowden Beef at their misery and put them down. Now, the Lowland League and their infinite wisdom are pissed about with these guest teams. They're closing off down the bottom. There's going to be a three-way playoff to come up for one position. They voted against, as we said in the last pod, voted against uh, any more uh, promotion relegation. And then they've got the cheek to complain about the League 2 playoff. Now, I do have sympathy with Bonnerig, but obviously they came up. But they were complaining about, oh, we should have just went straight up as champions. Right? I get that. I would tend to agree. But you can't be sitting pissed in the morning when your league has voted against it. Right? I know you voted for it, blah, blah, blah. This isn't really good, Bonnerig. But you can't be complaining about these, that, and other, and the only can't be complaining about it if they're not going to open it themselves. Now, if you take it even in terms of relegation spots, there's 18 teams in that league now. Two of them can't get relegated, and obviously the same two can't get promoted. So we'll say 16. One out of 10 is 10%. One out of 16 is a wee bit less of a percentage there, isn't it? Right? Thanks. Stuck at school, well done, mate. Okay, math was never my strong point, as you probably guess. I've not even decided to do what one divided by 16 is. What's that in percentage terms? Five percent or something, if that I don't know. No. Who cares? But you know what? The, the point's valid. The point's valid. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to have 16, at least have two go down. Just like I think when it comes to League Two, it should be one doing the playoff at least. But there we go. And then they've now got the guest teams, and now they're like, Oh, we can maybe get a third team. No, that's what we do. What they do, what they've done is they've dug a hole, they've dug a bigger hole, and then with that bigger hole, they've put a ladder in that isn't big enough to get themselves out. It's an utter shambles. We came through the Lone League. We had a great time. It was a pretty progressive league. The idea of the whole thing was fantastic. The Highland League have now gotten bored. You get promotion at the Highland League now as well. They're not a cold shop anymore. You know, Banks of Deer obviously going into that now. And then all of a sudden, as soon as teams started to get promoted, it was like, uh, like, because obviously that's Kelty and Bonnery, two of the junior teams have went up now, eh? And they're like, uh, uh, no, 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 can't have any more of this. So it's obviously like your traditional teams who are in the Lone League who will remain nameless. Um, it's just a lot of self-preservation and nonsense. I just don't care. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anybody but want again, to add? Again, like the boy from Bonnerig said, and I agree, they're worried. and They'll be worried in that league as well because the teams in it's the East of Scotland, isn't it? And then it's like East of Scotland Premier and then it's, is it? East of Scotland so, Premier. So what, you've, and then what you've got is you've got the, the, the three teams, you've got the West of Scotland Premier, 
the south of Scotland and the east of Scotland Premier, and they three teams all play off. So in this one, it's going to be Darville for the west, and St Cuthbert's for the south, and Trinity Juniors are going to be east of Scotland. And they all play off to get one position. Now, you could easily just say, right, the three of these teams go up what? and the three teams go down. Or two in a playoff, whatever way you want to do it, the top two feature leagues, whatever, they can figure out some way, so it's at least two up to down. But obviously, there's big teams with bigger supports going up. I mean, yeah, think Edinburgh Uni, I mean, how many fuck are they going to be pulled in? No, I mean, Stirling Uni, well, they're both about my matters, actually, but Stirling Uni, don't they? Obviously, they're quite actually good because they managed to develop a few players, obviously, like the Lions and that way, Montrose and Partick and the laddies that went up to, to Elgin and whatnot. So, yeah. but, you know, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned Ockham like and big supports. I know some folk have talked about Bonnerig going up. See if they start losing games, are they going to be having all these folk turn up? They've already, I mean, it's almost been a doubling of the price admission already today. I mean, it's went for 8 to 12. Well, it's just under. But we've done that. Of course, but you have to. We're that's the thing. That, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You're going to get attraction by going into the league, I guess, because it's like a novelty, right? But see when, if you maybe don't quite get promoted early and the mission goes up again or it's maybe not quite going your way. Um, but that's not really the cause for not getting promoted. No, that's just me musing. You know, I just think it's a whole farcical situation. The entire SPFL is a whole fuss when it comes to it. Just when you look at the Premiership playoff, all set up for the team <laughs> in the Premiership not yep. to go down. You know, I mean, even in our playoff, it's almost set for the, the team above us not to go down because they get the weakest draw and they get the home leg advantage if they get to the final, semi-final and final. Yeah. So they need to do something about it and, and quick because, I mean, everybody was like, oh, look at League 2, it's all the SPFL's fault. And now you're looking at the Lone League and they're getting absolutely pilloried left, right and centre. And quite rightly getting pilloried left, right and centre. They deserve to get it. I think for me, the big... The big pity is that the Lowland League could be absolutely brilliant. It could be such an exciting league. And Cowdenbeath going down last weekend shouldn't have been that big a deal. Bad, you never want to get relegated, but they should have been right. Okay, we'll go to a different league then. But, so no one's come up from the Lowland League yet either, which is a, which, which is a, which is a pity. You want to see a bit of fluidity between the between the Lowland and between the, you know, the SPFL, you know, kind of League Two. And they're just, and it should, it should work both ways. It should be great. It should be absolutely brilliant to be a fan of a Lowland League club. It really should, because you should have, you know, maybe a couple of teams coming down, a couple of teams coming up, different teams all the time. Big names, teams like Brecon coming down, teams like Cowdenbeath, you know, historic clubs, you know, then clubs coming from the junior ranks. That should be amazing. It should be brilliant. But, They've managed to get themselves into a situation where it's a ridiculous league. It's an absolute, yep. an absolute nonsense. I've said what I said about the Colts and various other things. You've got this open goal, Broomhill drivel, this absolute nonsense. You know, it's, a, it's unfortunately, I think, I don't feel particularly sorry for the league, but they've turned themselves into a laughing stock, which is, um, which is a long shot. But it's a, it's a pity for because it actually could have been a really, really interesting bit of Scottish football and a really entertaining and a really enjoyable and they could try to do different things. I don't mind who are doing different things. I really don't. Um but I they just self preservation, lack of foresight, yeah. whatever it is, I don't I don't know. But yeah, I, mean, I think they look pretty pathetic. Yeah. I mean I, I can't disagree with that. I mean speaking to the guys that do the official catch up Twitter and the podcast and all that, you know what I mean? They've been big champions of the Lone League. Yeah. They do they've come up with a lot of great ideas for the Lone League. 
and even they're like over the last few months going, just what the fuck is going on here? Even they're like, look, we didn't agree with any of this either. You know, it's a farce. Can he say anything? Like, your, league, your argument about going up to League 2, you're pretty much shot yourself in the foot with that one, etc., etc. I mean, as you were saying, it could be such a good league. I think my ideal scenario would be like a proper conference where it's like the higher league and the lone league. And I appreciate that's probably not going to happen in Scotland because of finances. Yeah. But wow. that would be that. That, that, sh- that should be, rather than just, rather than maybe just saying they've been defeated, it's not because of money. It's because of money you're not going to do it. Maybe that's what you should be working to is having a proper conference like they do in England. Maybe yeah. if it is 20 teams, right? And maybe you can have two coming to League Two. Maybe there'll be a bit of league reconstruction above, whatever. But even just 16 teams between the best of the Highland, the best of the Lowland, everybody doing below, proper not conference north, conference south, carry on, blah, 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 as you go, all the way down the tiers. That would be the ideal scenario. That's really what the pyramid should have been in the first place. They've not done it. We're getting to that point now because the Lowland League's a members league rather than being run by the leagues. It's turning into a fuss. So, well, I'm complaining about the leagues. SPFL scheduling. Who in the right mind scheduled two playoff finals on the same night at the same time on two different fucking channels? Assholes. I cannot believe they managed to do this. Well, actually, I can't. It's the SPFL. But, you know what I mean? By all accounts, our two legs were far more entertaining than our growth at Inverness. Right? Just judging by people on Twitter and those that have watched their game back and it's all picked their own game, whatever else like this. Why are they not trying to maximise the opportunities and viewing figures for both games? Yep. Right? Yep. They forced us to go and play on a Friday on very short notice at a pretty far away ground, whether it had been Forfar or Annan, regardless, and vice versa, if it had been the other way around, or if they had Forfar having to play Dumbarton if they beat us or whatever like that. Right? Who in the right mind to say, Friday, we're going to have to drive at Russia, or folk are going to have to get time off their work, Players are going to have to get time off their work. Club officials are going to have to get time off their work. We were very fortunate that we managed to get a bus. The club helped us out. Ash was absolutely fantastic getting that bus organised. Cannot say fair He did a superb job once again with the travel. Yeah. Um, but without that, people would be scrabbling to get there. And there's absolutely no way we'd have had as big a crowd as we did at Annan if I hadn't been for that bus, right? Now I know there was people that drove like there was like one side of the stand that you never really got to see was kind of fully black and white scarves. There was a, a big a, a big attendance certainly for us behind the goals. There was other people dotted around and whatnot. But that was just but that, happenstance to be honest, because we managed to do what we did and the bus companies and all that came through for us. Why are they why why are they doing that? I mean even our both to Inverness on Friday. I mean come on. Yeah, no. why, why do you not just make it a big day? Like, there's nothing else going on on a Saturday apart from a couple of diddy Premiership games. You know what I mean? Nobody's really bothered about. Have us have one game on at twelve and one game on at three or twelve and five or whatever, yeah. something like that to try and get more eyes on on it. I mean, we, we've said enough. Our league gets well, it's not our league anymore. I guess we got promoted. Hey, um, but the lower leagues in particular, for League One down, and this includes the lower league. I may add. Um, just get kind of patronised and patted on the head. So oh, your football's not very good. What do you want to go that for? You know, I've had it before for obviously my circumstances. How I became a City fan. Oh, what do you want to go on that charity with football? Because it's actually quite entertaining, guys. Just go and play your money and go to it and see what it's like. Because it's actually pretty good. There's a guy like one of my friends, his son went to this, uh, the first leg against Annan. And he was like, oh, I think my fan, I really enjoyed that. First time we go into League 2 football, he's like, I really enjoyed that. There's going to be others in that boat. I mean, like, so, yeah, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's a drag, right? <laughs> but every level of football 
when you exactly. watch it as a drag. I mean, I've stopped watching, like I've seen before, I've stopped watching high enough football anymore. Regardless of the skill and all that and show, whatever else, the pace and all that, I just don't find it entertaining anymore. Um, money spoiled it, I guess, a little bit. I've done like Mr. Grumpy, right? Um, who was better in my day? Get, hold on, just, just play the... Just play the whole tune in the background, eh? the old man came walking up his bicycle. That's because um, you used to watch Man United, that's what that's. To be fair, I also used to watch a couple of other teams that still know any good. <laughs> I watched I watched two Premiership, Solish Premiership games this year and they were absolute drivel. Dire. No bother about that. Ipswich were horrendous anyway, until Kieran McKenna came in. McKenna's blue white army, what a guy. Um, and obviously I watched Carlisle on the win then as well. Um... So it's not exactly a high level of football, even the ones I'm watching in England. So it's, but you know, people can play in the SPFL, don't get enough eyes, or everybody takes the piss out of it and all that kind of stuff. Yet here you are, a perfect opportunity to get eyeballs on, and they don't do it. Like, as I said, like one of my friends, she's in Ireland, her friend, her dad watched our game and was like, that was really entertaining. I really enjoyed that. No, I mean, more entertaining than a couple of League Island games than that he'd been at this year. And League Island, like all these guys are full time players. As well, only like far more entertaining than that. So I don't know what the SPL. I mean, I think they did it last year as well, didn't they? Just I know you want to cram it all in. It's all got to be finished before the Scottish Cup and all that rubbish, right? But there's no tournament this summer because it's in the winter. Doesn't it have to have everything wrapped up. You shouldn't really have to have everything wrapped up before the like the, the end of the Scottish Cup final because English leagues they don't finish up for the for yeah, the but, FA Cup final. But yeah. I mean, their playoffs are after the FA Cup final. They've always been after the FA Cup final. I know, but I think there's something quite romantic about if you get to the Scottish Cup final, and I agree, it should be how it is in England for me as well. Your FA Cup final is your, your, your flagship romance closing of the season, regardless of who's in it. Doesn't mean it could be the Scottish Cup final straight after the League Cup, the League. It could be a week after. You know what I mean? And everything could be in before it, but. I think there's a bit romantic about having it as the last game, to be honest. Right, I get that, but I think that's a very British way of looking at things. Like the German Cup final was in like March, the Spanish ones in March, the Italian Cup final was like three weeks ago. But we're not German, <laughs> Italian, Spanish. That's what, I'm saying, that, that, that's what I'm saying. It's a very British way of looking at things, whereas I don't give a shit about that, to be honest. I don't really care when the, when the Cup final is. You know what I mean? If you're in it, you're in it. That's great. If you win it, fantastic. But I don't think that really should be the end of the season. That's oh, just me. But then again, we have two comp- comp- competitions and most of the other countries don't have the one. Um, so I, that's my rant about the SPFL. A few boys are wanting anything about that. I think the only thing was it was the Friday having to get, like, fair enough, I was lucky enough to get it easy enough for me to take a half day, no no massive dramas. Um, but, yeah, it was a pity that it couldn't have been either an early kick-off on the Saturday because the bus was amazing, but getting the train through, doing we're doing great as well and things, so it was yeah, it was a bit disappointing for it to be a to be a Friday night and it requires some hasty renegotiation <laughs> with partner over uh, over what I'd put in the calendar to be fair. So yeah, uh, that I did a bit of a challenge, but yeah, it was um it was a bit, what I would say was I got loads of texts on the the next day and on the on the Friday night things for people who who just tuned in, people that I work with that are based down in London and, and Manchester and things like that. You know, being able to, to catch on BBC Alba. Um, so it was great. So you got some, you got some interesting viewing figures. But yeah, it was, I'd rather have had it on Saturday. The TV's a bit of a bonus. But I think for me, it would have been interesting to see how many we would have taken on a, how many we would have taken on a Saturday. But absolutely fair play to everyone that made their way along. 
and a huge shout out to Ash. We've said it already, but Ash did an incredible job um, with the bus. The most disciplined football bus I've ever been on for times. It was absolutely, it was like an F1 pit stop <laughs> every time I picked it up. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. So. <laughs> In fairness, like the bus going was pretty, well, it was calm enough. There was a, lot of, a wee bit of singing in that bank. Quite a lot of us were choked with the nerves there. The bus back was an utter was just carnage. Carnage. Absolute carnage. I mean, I've stuck some of the videos on the supporters club Twitter. You know, some of the players got a wee, a wee sing song and the manager got a bit of whatever else. And I mean, there's videos that people will be taking that absolutely have gone nowhere near social media. <laughs> but, like everybody's pictures with a sync sign and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was two and a half hours of constant singing. And then when we got back to Edinburgh, there's a few years like, just a wee mind just, just five minutes of quiet time. Five minutes of quiet time. <laughs> and then Aaron just carried on singing and we're like, just Aaron, just get a break. No, that, we are going up. Oh, Christ almighty, man. Calm just, down. Just calm down, right? We just, we've got five minutes. Just wanted to be, because obviously it was great. We had a good party on the way back. Everybody had fun. Everybody was singing. It was really joyful. But there's also that point where we kind of had to have that contemplation. Like, Obviously, some of us went out on the Sunday, which was on social media as well. I ended up just going for a couple of pints on my own, just with no noise, nobody talking to me about the football, just for a couple of quiet contemplation pints over what had happened over the last few days. You are making this sound like the last of the summer wine, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, but do you know what I mean? It just because we'd had next to no quiet, I've been out most of well, Friday was a noise. I was out most of Saturday. Sunday I was it most of the day as well. Um it was just I just you just needed that wee bit just to go, oh, man. Just this is just this is huge, yeah. This really is huge. Uh but I we never got that. <laughs> um but yeah, I think you're right. If I had it been a Saturday, I mean even the last train from Annam was quarter past nine. And if you wanted to go via Carlisle, you would have to have to go to Annam via Carlisle mm-hmm. and then get the Carlisle one back up and the last one back for Carlisle was like half past ten or something. So even go by train, we probably would have been screwed. So, um, anyway, right. Is there anything else you want to add before I give our end of season thank yous? Nothing for me. No, thank you. No, oh, thank you. That's very polite of you, isn't it? <laughs> Tell has been the commentary, you said. <laughs> Whereas me, I've just dropped in the swears because I couldn't swear for 45 minutes on a microphone. Um, right. Uh, aye, a few, obviously, this is the end of season pod. Uh, I'm not sure when our next one will be. It'll probably be maybe take the month off and come back at the end of June, July, something like that. Once we have a better idea of how the team's shaping up, uh-huh. uh, men and women. Um, the league cup, maybe. Well, the league cup starts in July. With the league cup groups getting announced next week, and I think it's the middle of July that the league cup starts. I think maybe after the first game, something like that, or before the first game, see when it Maybe do like a wee pre-season preview. Um, so, so in that time, well, actually, I was going to say it'll, be the end of, it'll probably be the end of the main pod, and because I chinned him on Sunday, Danny Handlin has agreed to come on. <laughs> he, he said he would. He promised he would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he says because it's the end of the season, just to drop my message. That's fine. We've got another, another couple of interviews lined up. Uh, we'll have I, I, I'll be honest. I think he'll bottle it again, and they'll not come on. Handling probably well, but the thing is, he's got witnesses this time. It's not like I can't hide it behind like DMs and his witnesses. Yeah. Uh, we've got one of our former captains lined up as well. He's agreed to come on. Uh, and young Jack Gillis that does the uh, ECFC women 
kind of social media and all that, he said he'd come on to give a wee pre-season preview for the women. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of in the bag as well. So if it's going to be anything over the next few weeks, it'll just be kind of interviews just to keep us ticking over and keeping some interest in, in whatever's going on. Uh, aye, so on that, end of season thank yous. Uh, first of all, we'll thank the... Uh, it's going to sound... We'll do it officially. We'll thank the board. Uh, and the reason for that, uh, obviously we had a meeting at the beginning of the season, which they didn't have to do. Uh, they gave us a wee bit of insight to what Tom and Jim were thinking about the season. Uh, it's very rare, I think, at any level of football that you can have chats with your chairman and your owner over the direction of a football club, even at games or anything else. So that's good, fair enough for them. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for Callum as well for getting us involved with the commentary. Uh, he's been a huge help over the last two or three weeks. Um, we a wee thank you to the captain, uh, Mr. McIntyre, for, for Sunday. He didn't have to ask any of us to come out and we all, a few of us rocked up anyway. Um, you'll see us on social media, so that's a big thank you to him. Uh, kind of, I think it went different for a lot of fans just to be able to mingle with the players because we really got to see them on Friday. Um, and I know for as good a, for a relationship as you can have with, with, with fans and players, we've got quite a tight-knit group, I think. So it was good to see Rab and, and Danny and all these kind of guys. So thank you, Rab. Uh, I'm going to mention it. Thanks to Danny as well, just because he takes an absolute shoeing on here. He takes an absolute shoeing on social media <laughs> and he just puts up with it and takes it pretty well. So I know he listens, so thank you. Um, he is a nice lad, Julie. I know we give him the tight, but that's fair enough. Um, probably deserves it. <laughs> thanks to the ECSC TV team, uh, The Voice, Graham, uh, Dave Armstrong and Ian, our cameraman, who were a huge help to, to me and Rooney over the last two, three weeks. Um, might not have necessarily got through it without you. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Uh, and obviously Dave as well, because he's kept us in the loop with the, with the women's team. Um, and that, thanks to all the women's team as well, who have been more than welcoming to us on, on Twitter and us going to games and coming over for chats or talking to us on social media and that. That was really appreciated as well. Uh, Alec Milne, so it sounds like an Oscar ceremony speech here. Alec Milne, Alec Milne for keeping us in the programme. Uh, we need to do a wee, do a wee picture for him. We need to do a picture for him. Go on, Thanks, that's that done. Cheers, Alec. Uh, as we've already mentioned, obviously, thanks to Ash Wilson. I'll say that again. Thanks to Ash Wilson for the buses and the buses throughout the season. Uh, our de facto travel convener uh, does a, a huge amount of work for us, getting us to away games, and he does a, a superb job at it. Uh, probably couldn't ask for anybody better. Uh, who else have we got? I was actually going to say a wee thank you to, to, to Schwocky's mum, Mrs. Schwocky, um, <laughs> who, who probably unknown to a lot of people, she, she's sent some very kind words uh, throughout the season. Uh, I know she listens to the pod. Uh, I think the family does. I think Brian does as well, actually. Um, they'll say some very nice words. So yeah. thank you. Uh, and all the best. That brought a tear to my eye the other day. Oh, it did actually. I, I got really emotional but, when she sent that, that message. It was. We'll need to show Elliot to be we'll, fair we'll, because we'll, it's we'll, about him as well. So, yeah, um, it did bring a tear to my eye. So, so that's been just huge support throughout the season. Just dropping this message saying that was a good listener. Thanks or whatever. Keep us in the loop. Uh, finally, thanks to all the listeners. Uh, obviously, uh, without you, we wouldn't be here. Uh, we prattle on enough. Um, I don't think there's much else to say to that With, without the listeners we wouldn't be talking our listenership's growing uh, the countries are growing 
don't know how we managed that anyway. I just thought it would have been a few folk just kicking about Edinburgh and maybe some folk in England. Uh, no, we're actually worldwide. Oh, we're an international pod, gents. <laughs> oh, God. I'll wait till we find out who the boy in Russia is that's listening to. Oh, I know. I. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in North Korea as well. That was random. Um, so, I right, so that's pretty much the end of the season. Thank you. Obviously, thanks to you two for keeping us going, keeping me in check sometimes. Uh, obviously, you, I normally just host you do most of the talking. Apart from now. Um, so, aye, anything you want to add there, boys? I think for me, just um, obviously condolences to, to George Kavanagh's family. George was a, a well-kent face at, at Meadowbank, certainly, and unfortunately with the news on, on Friday night that he'd, uh, that he'd passed away. It was as we found out during the, during the game, which was quite yeah. quite surreal. George was a, a really, when I first started going to City Games, always someone that, that spoke to me, um, you know, the fanzine and things like that. A great character, um, and him and his, his wife Jackie were, you know, a big part of me initially going to watch City. Um, and they're so really sad to hear about George. So love and condolences to, to George's friends and friends and family. Yep. Really? Um, no, really enjoyed that. Hope everybody keeps listening. If we keep listening, we'll keep doing it. So, um, yeah, it's really, really good. Hope to see more people back at Meadowbank. Fingers crossed, everybody. Everybody cross everything between now and the start of the next season. And hopefully we're all back at Meadowbank after enjoying one or two light refreshments in a local yes. establishment that we can walk across from a variety of. And, uh, and if you want to have a soft drink, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so even, no, no. even like a like a like a coffee and a cake, you can do that too. We could yeah. do that as well. You know, we could we could do that one day. So um much of those barrel into one of the local coffee shops. Um, hey! uh, can we have a, have a cup of tea, please? If that's all right, yeah. A, a cup of tea and ten slices of cake. Um <laughs> Aye, what, but what do the other two want? Well, they might want something similar. Uh. <laughs> but no, no, certainly I know we started this during COVID. Um, and it probably kept us sane along with doing other stuff with um, certainly for myself with doing it with Aaron when I was in his helping him with his commentary streams and stuff like that so it's good that we've kept it going and, and uh, as I say if people keep listening let's keep going it's, it's good yep absolutely uh, right so final bit of housekeeping um, you may have saw yesterday on Twitter that uh, we as a club have a new football manager researcher for those that play the game um, you'll find him at, at JD Hibbs I think it is He's asking for those that play football manager in particular to give him a hand about researching the club, the players, ratings, backroom staff, etc., etc. Uh, just go on to Twitter. We've retweet, we've put it on the supporters club. Just give him a shout if you're willing to help out. Uh, I think me and Rooney are. I don't know. Do you play football manager, Ali? No, but uh, it doesn't go well with having a nearly two-year-old. It's one of the things that drops out of your. <laughs> I'll be expecting Guzzi to have first touch 20, heading 20, finishing 20 um, in the next iteration of Football Manager. So. All right, excellent. Good luck with that. Aye, good luck. <laughs> um. <laughs> See when he's 19, 19, 19 and Ali's getting it. Like, what happened, lads? Aye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, aye. So, that's, if you want to help the Football Manager project, obviously, it's a very popular game. A number of us play it. Uh, probably too many hours that we're putting to that over years, uh, especially me, because I remember when the first one came out, um, 
Don't, don't know how many others would. Yeah, yeah. I am show my age. I am show my age, and it was a cracking, a cracking game to play when you were 17, 18, 19, and now I'm a wee bit older than that. And uh, I've pretty much had every edition ever since. <laughs> I keep going, I'm not playing it. I'm not playing it. I am no. not playing it. I'm not doing it this year. Oh, what's that? It's on sale, bugger it. I'll just get it again. Eh? Right. What's changed? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Anyway, uh, so aye, so last one, as always, how to join. DM us on Twitter at Club Citizens. Email us, clubcitizens at yahoo.com. We have had some new members over the last few weeks. Thank you very much. Thoroughly appreciated. We appreciate everybody for doing so. Um, everybody else in the Supporters Club or fellow men on the Supporters Club community, Stephen Paul, uh, do a fine job as well. So we're a pretty welcoming bunch, I think. People would have realised that over the last few games as well. Um, so thank you. Thanks for listening. And we'll go with a, a good night for Mr Rooney. Good night, folks. Enjoy your summer. Stay safe. Stay sober. <laughs> I certainly will be after the weekend. Uh, <laughs> and it's a goodbye from Mr McKeef. Yeah, everyone in League One next season. Aye. Aye. That's a goodbye from me, the right rev. Goodbye.